This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Bank of the West and their new 1% for the Planet checking account, the first bank account designed for climate action. These days, we are all re-examining how our choices impact our communities and the health of the Earth. And while doing things like driving less and riding our bikes more and buying responsibly sourced products make a difference, one of the biggest impacts we can have is where we choose to keep our money. At the end of the day, 90 cents of every dollar that gets deposited into a bank goes back out into the world and finances things. That's Ben Stewart, Chief Marketing Officer of Bank of the West, which has made the choice to invest in companies that are working on accelerating our transition to cleaner energy and a more sustainable future. That sets them apart from most of the major banks in the United States, which are heavily invested in the fossil fuel industry. We as consumers, we have no problem flipping over a little container of yogurt to see if it's made with organic milk. We have no problem flipping over our shampoo to see if it was tested on animals. And the opportunity exists to do the same thing with your bank. To create their new checking account, Bank of the West teamed up with 1% for the Planet, an organization that directly funds highly vetted environmental nonprofits. This means that the bank donates 1% of every account's revenue to groups that are improving the world at no cost to you. A 1% for the Planet account also helps you make smarter choices with a mobile app that tracks the carbon impact of every purchase you make with your debit card. And that card, it's made from 100% compostable plastic. So I would just encourage folks to look at their finances and look at the role that money plays in climate change, much the same way that they look at single-use plastics, much of the same way they look at fuel efficiency and other things like that, because it's an incredibly important behavior change that I think people need to make. To learn more about how you can make your money work for the environment with a 1% for the Planet checking account, go to bankofthewest.com backslash 1%. That's bankofthewest.com backslash Number one, P-E-R-C-E-N-T. From Outside Magazine and PRX, this is the Outside Podcast. You know how, when you listen to certain songs, you feel like you're being transported to a totally different place? Most of the time, this is exactly what the musician was trying to do. My intention with the song was to make something that sounded magnificent and was like awe-inspiring. And that's how I would have imagined if I was in outer space and looking back at this pale blue dot and realizing that's where everything I know has ever happened or existed. I wanted to kind of capture that feeling into a song. Uh, That immense, magnificent, overwhelming, pretty much unimaginable feeling. That's Jackson Stell, who creates music under the name Big Wild. The song he's talking about, and that you're listening to, is called Pale Blue Dot, which, if you know your space exploration history, is the phrase astronomer Carl Sagan used to describe a famous photograph of Earth taken by the Voyager 1 space probe in 1990, when it was about 3.7 billion miles from the planet. Last year, Jackson used the song in a collaborative video he created with filmmaker Roger Fishman to support the National Resource Defense Council's global petition to world leaders 
demanding urgent action on climate change. The footage was of dramatic glaciers and waterfalls and volcanoes around Greenland and the Arctic Circle. I felt like with his imagery that he was capturing of Earth, it was just a perfect match of like showing off the the majesticness of, of the world too. Majestic is a good word to use when describing the big wild sound. Jackson, who just turned 30, has become a rapidly rising artist in the electronic music scene, even while his songs don't fit neatly in that genre. As a producer, musician, songwriter, and vocalist, he's crafting works that are inspired by remarkable outdoor landscapes and that capture the ecstatic feelings we have when we venture into the natural world. What's especially surprising about this is that for most of his life, Jackson was absolutely not an outdoorsy guy. I've definitely always been a geek. And when I was a kid, I was definitely more interested in doing typical like indoor stuff, like video games, stuff on the computer. He grew up in Massachusetts and was more or less forced to join his family on hiking trips in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. I remember every time we'd go up, like when I was a teenager, I was like, uh, I kind of dreaded it. Like I didn't want to do it. You know, I didn't really have any kind of appreciation established for, for nature at that point in time. Jackson found his way into professional music through software. Tinkering with his computer, he began creating hip-hop beats and eventually producing instrumentals under the name J-Beats. He was having success, but also feeling restless. I think it was also a matter of just spending more and more time indoors and working on computers and making music that this like increasing craving kept coming up like, hey, maybe go outside, maybe get your hands in the dirt, maybe do something that grounds you from this really abstract mental world you're in while you're creating music. Initially, he mostly just channeled that craving into his work. Friends were introducing him to new music and he wanted to develop a fresh sound. It was really a matter of like trying to push myself creatively. And I was interested in the ability to like get people to dance and move and have this actual, like make music that had an actual like physical reaction from people. I think that's so cool that you can use sound to get people to move together and to feel something. And so I think I was really drawn to like just push myself musically and go down the rabbit hole a little more. And that's been like a common thread, I think, throughout my life. Jackson was in this experimental phase, posting a few tracks on SoundCloud, when he got a big shock. In 2012, he was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Thankfully, it was caught. I caught it really early. It wasn't, it wasn't aggressive. And, you know, I got my thyroid removed. And I'm very healthy right now and really thankful for that. But the, the diagnosis, which just kind of was like, it was kind of like... Uh, a wake-up call, I guess, to like really pursue your dream because you don't know how, how long you're going to be here for. It's as simple as that. Not long after his cancer diagnosis, Jackson took his first trip to the West Coast to visit his girlfriend, who was living in the Bay Area. They went camping in Big Sur and hiked out to some hot springs. For someone who'd grown up back east, the dramatic landscape along the California coast was a revelation. Just physically being in that environment was just so inspirational. I remember hiking along the mountains 
along the coast. And it's hard to explain. It was just like such a hopeful, like feeling of like starting a new chapter. Between the sun and like the air off the ocean and like, I had this overwhelming sense that like, this was where I wanted to be. And these are the people I want to be with. Jackson moved to California soon after the trip. And he also came up with a label for the new sound he wanted to create, Big Wild. One of the first songs he released under the name was Venice Venture, which he says embodies the sonic shift he was going through. I don't know what sparked it, but I've always had this thing, like even from a kid of like wanting to learn about different places around the world and even around the country. And I've always had this thing about wanting to at some point move to the West Coast. And it was like, when I finally hit that point and went on that trip, it was like, okay. I think that little voice inside me since I was a kid was right. Jackson says that a lot of the music he created at the time derived from his experience of coming West. I think that feeling of new beginnings is like something I, I've kind of like put inside this like bottle in my, in my studio. And whenever I need some inspiration, I just open up the bottle and uh, <laughs> take some inspiration from it. A couple of years after he relocated came Big Wild's first breakout hit, 2015's After Gold. It was a bassy dance track, and it was catchy, topping the Spotify global viral chart on its release. Soon after, Big Wild was headlining a spring tour. In 2017, Jackson put out his first Big Wild EP, Invincible, which delighted his growing fan base and also the marketers at Apple, who used it for a commercial for the third edition of the Apple Watch. The advertisement showed underwater footage of a surfer taking off on a spectacular peeling wave, riding across its face, and then getting a phone call on her watch. So Big Wild was getting big. But as Jackson began working on his debut album, he again wanted to do something different. Up until this point, he had been creating music exclusively as a producer and musician. Now, he was ready to use his voice. I think it's the same part of me that wanted to switch gears from making hip-hop instrumentals to making the music I make under Big Wild. And the, the same part of me that was wanted to move across the country is the same part that wanted to like, keep pushing and being curious and, and try vocals and singing. And I think that was really sparked by, like I was just consistently hitting these these creative walls while making music. And I did feel like I was having kind of a limited way of expressing myself and the ideas I want to get across by just strictly making instrumental music. So it was really came out of a necessity to just want to express myself more specifically and more with more depth than I could with just purely instrumental music. We'll be right back. At the top of the episode, we spoke with Ben Stewart about Bank of the West's new 1% for the Planet checking account, the first bank account designed for climate action. Not only is Bank of the West financing companies working towards a more sustainable future, 
Their 1% for the Planet Checking Account donates 1% of net revenue to environmental nonprofits at no cost to you. The first organization they chose to support with this effort is Protect Our Winters, a leading climate advocacy group advancing nonpartisan policies to get us to carbon neutrality by 2050. Once you meet anybody from that organization, you just know right out of the gate they are incredibly authentic people, they are incredibly passionate, but most importantly, they know their stuff. Knowledge is crucial when it comes to making better choices about the climate. That's why Bank of the West's 1% for the Planet checking account gives you an estimate of the CO2 emissions for every purchase you make with your debit card. You can track them easily right on the account app on your phone. Plus, the debit card itself is made from 100% biodegradable plastic. All of this is part of Bank of the West's commitment to supporting positive change in our world, something that Ben says banks used to do and should be doing again. There was a time when banks helped progress society. Banks helped to get roads built and they helped make sure the crops didn't rot on their way to the markets. Um, and so there was a time when banks played a very, very meaningful and important role in society. And I, we think that there's an opportunity for banks to get back to that. Maybe not to worry just about the value of the transaction, but also to worry about the impact that that transaction may or may not have on society. To learn more about how you can make your money work for the environment with a 1% for the planet checking account, go to bankofthewest.com backslash 1%. That's bankofthewest.com backslash number one, P-E-R-C-E-N-T. In February of 2019, Jackson released Big Wild's debut album, Super Dream. For the first time, he was the producer, songwriter, and vocalist, adding his voice to a collection of songs that conveyed a spirit of curiosity and exploration. For Jackson, there's nothing strange about the fact that an artist creating electronic dance music would build sounds that evoke natural wonders. There's definitely like this perception of producers being kind of this like mad scientist in a laboratory, like in a very dark or like synthetic environment. And that's somewhat true, but I think being inside and being behind a computer allows your imagination to start to develop its own world. And where mind gravitates towards is like natural environments and kind of rebuilding that. I almost think if I was outside, like if my studio was in a forest somehow and I had all my gear just on like a log table or something and I was producing, I almost feel like I might end up making more synthetic or like digital sounding music because I'm just like imagining somewhere else. That's not to say that Big Wild's music doesn't play well outdoors. After Super Dream came out, Jackson went on tour, performing at iconic venues across the United States including Red Rocks in Colorado. The day he was there for his show, he also did a recording on a trail outside of the amphitheater at the invitation of local officials. He had already been working on some stripped-back analog sessions that included other singers, and he jumped at the chance to perform in a truly open space. There's a sound ringing in my head 
I feel bad for our sound guys because they had to like bring equipment out down these trails that were uh, not super easy. So big shout out to them for making it happen. But being able to play music in like open, beautiful environments like that, I think really ties in with, I guess, like a bigger vision I have for the project and, and lining it up with outdoor spaces and natural environments. It was super cool to just be like behind this mic singing a song and then I look out and I just see like all these mountains in this open meadow with like these yellow wildflowers and it was like nature was the audience at that point. The experience stuck with Jackson. In recent months, while he's been writing new songs, he's also been thinking of ways he might literally incorporate wild places into his music and his performances. What unique things can I do around this whole new body of work? And I've definitely thought of doing some kind of like potential outdoor entire live show video based around like a full performance of the album, just in this really cool outdoor setting. And maybe we use some like weird lighting and stuff like that. But I just love the idea of like incorporating nature into the show as much as we can. Obviously, we're limited when we're on a stage or in a venue, but when we can actually just take the content in our own hands, I think it's really cool to kind of integrate the two. They just naturally go together. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Jackson has, like the rest of us, been spending most of his time at home. Early in the year, he was preparing for a long tour that included major festivals like Coachella and Lollapalooza. For, you know, musicians who are doing a lot of touring and they know it's like totally two separate sides of the brain to be out on the road and doing live shows and being in a performing versus being in a studio and working on music and using that part of your brain. Fortunately for Jackson, he has a pretty idyllic home studio setup. He now lives in Portland, Oregon with his wife. And last year, they converted their garage to a recording space. It's a bright white room with large skylights and big round windows looking out onto a lush garden. In the past, Jackson has used nature sounds in his tracks. He once sampled an elephant trumpeting. But now, during the pandemic, he's been tinkering with a field recorder, sometimes taking it with him on hikes to capture whatever he might hear. Meanwhile, he's also discovered another source of inspiration for new songs. It's been unexpected, but it's actually gardening. I've been doing a lot of things around the house, like planting stuff, growing vegetables, taking care of things and just learning more about, you know, making it productive. And you realize that like from the soil to to the sun, to water and everything and how plants have adapted, it's all this like really incredibly intricate and beautiful system. It's similar to like when you really want to make a full production for a song, it's like you have different elements. You have the drums, you have guitars, you have vocals and synthesizers. I mean, how are you going to create that like synchronized system? It's very like abstract and, and conceptual, but I've been able to take some of those ideas and like how to organize some of my sounds and maybe be like, well, this is completely extra. I can take this out of my song or like learning what to prioritize so that I'm just really getting a clear message and theme across to people. In May of this year, Big Wild released a new single, Touch, that felt perfectly timed to what we have all been going through, despite the fact that it was written well before the quarantines began. The lyrics describe an intense hunger to be close to the person you love, to touch them, but you can't because they're far away. Tell me, is it true? 
The song was spurred by Jackson's experience last year while he was on tour for Super Dream. I just remember like jumping into my bed, probably had been gone for about a month. We're on the bus, I'm in bed, I'm just lying, lying there alone, just getting jostled around and just having this like ping of wanting to be with my wife. My throat is getting dry, desire at the wheel takes a turn for desperation, it feeds my motivation. Ooh, I'm waiting for you. It's a feeling that I know a lot of people can relate to. And for whatever reason, it was just particularly strong in that moment. I think that that at night, that's when people tend to feel like once everybody's like gone their separate ways and we're all calling it a night, that's when that feeling of like, oh man, I wish I was with with the person I loved. Forgotten all in a that feeling just kind of stuck with me for a while, and it, it's what really inspired the song. At the moon, but my throat is getting dry. Desire at the wheel takes a turn for desperation. It feeds my motivation. Ooh, I'm waiting for your touch. As Jackson's musical exploration continues, he says he finds himself drawn to a more stripped-down sound and process. He's mixing the inspirations and lessons he finds in nature with the far-out places he imagines, and increasingly expressing this with his own voice. The result are often songs that make us feel like we're on an adventure and having a fantastic time. When I really got around to using my voice in Super Dream, it gave my music a focus that I don't think it ever had before. Another place where I can be Now that I'm exploring that more, I find the need to like almost use less in my music because now I can communicate more with my vocals and lyrics. It took me to a human place, if that makes sense. I'm not I'm not quite as up in the clouds as much with producing abstract sounds and things in a computer. It felt like I was more having a human connection and conversation with listeners by using my voice. At this point, I'm really combining that idea of making something grounded with nature and with my voice and something more out of this world and imaginative which I think comes from my earlier music and blending them together in a way that feels really unique and special to me and, and hopeful and, and positive because and, I feel like those are things that I need to even remind myself of. It gives me a place to go when maybe I'm not feeling quite as hopeful.
That's Jackson Stell, a.k.a. Big Wild. You can learn more about him and keep up with his new music at bigwildmusic.com. This episode was produced by me, Michael Roberts. If you enjoyed it and you listen to our show regularly, please consider making a contribution to Outside to fund the storytelling we do on this podcast. In the face of an economic crisis caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, your support helps ensure that Outside's commitment to outstanding literary journalism goes on. Make your contribution now at outsideonline.com backslash podcast listener. This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Bank of the West and their new 1% for the Planet checking account, the first bank account designed for climate action. Learn more about how you can make your money work for the environment at bankofthewest.com backslash 1%. We'll be back in two weeks.